With all the outdoor fun in the North State, sometimes it's hard to always protect your skin from those damaging rays. Do you have questions about those new spots in your skin? Then maybe it's time for a skin check with Dr. Paul Sabin, a board-certified dermatologist specializing in medical and surgical skin care. Call today to schedule your appointment at 342-3424. That's 342-3424. Or visit his website, northvalleydermatology.com. St. John the Baptist Catholic Church of Chico is proud to help bring you Seeds of Truth, heard every weeknight evening right here on KKXX. St. John the Baptist Parish is a Catholic family community serving our area with a variety of services and ministries for both Catholics and the community at large. St. John's Catholic family welcomes anyone and offers a wide range of programs and ministries from prayer and support groups to socials and Christian cultural activities. Call the parish office for a complete Mass schedule or more information at 343-8741 or visit the website at stjohnthebaptistchico.org. St. John the Baptist Catholic Church welcomes anyone seeking spiritual fulfillment at Mass or Benediction or 24-hour weekday adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. Call St. John's Parish Office, 343-8741 or on the web at stjohnthebaptistchico.org for a complete schedule or more information. This is Seeds of Truth. Your host is Joe Holcraft. Doctor of Theology of St. John's Catholic Parish and the Sacramento Diocese. If you have a question or would like to support Seeds of Truth Ministries, the website is joeholcraft.org. Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 103.9 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Friday evening, where we are set to continue our exploration into how to best respond to that question, can you pray for me? Can you pray for my dying mother or father? Can you pray for my sibling who is going through an ordeal? Can you pray? Dot, dot, dot. How do we respond to that prayer request? Well, this is what we have set out to answer, huh? Um, And I am doing this in nine keys. Initially, I thought we were going to have 10 keys, but I have distilled it into nine keys, and we are in our eighth key to best respond to that question, praying and thanksgiving to God, right? So praying in gratitude. It has been shared, uh, according to a Jewish legend, after God was done with creation, he turned to the angels and asked what they had thought of his work. One angel bowed before God and said, your work never leaves anything wanting. It is perfect in all things. I raise my voice with the whole hosts of heaven and give you the one thing due to you, gratitude. And I do so for all eternity. Friends say thank you, right? So to pray in thanksgiving to God is to express gratitude for the immensity 
of his revelation, God's revelation, natural and divine. And how do we do this? But by continually offering up sacrifices of praise to God, that is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. And we pray this way in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus, as Paul tells the the people of of Thessalonica, right? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. Now, I just use the phrase acknowledging his name. That's an important phrase. By acknowledging his name, we recognize God's movement in all that we say and do, right? Which at the very least suggests we have been looking for him, huh? In all that we say and do. This disposition of gratitude is prayer because it is the taking notice of God's revelation in our life. Again, Prayer is conversation with God where we begin to pay more attention to God. And the more we pay attention to God, the more we will praise his name with our lips in all circumstances. Brothers and sisters, God is moving, revealing. Do we see him? Do we thank him? Now, I just quoted Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. The author to the letter to the Hebrews does not just stop at calling for the prayer of thanksgiving, but also encourages the recipients of the letter to what? But pray for him and his fellow ministers. What do we read? Pray for us. We are sure that we have a clear conscience, desiring to act honorably and in all things. I urge you more earnestly to do this in order that I may be restored to you very soon. So pray with gratitude, the author exhorts, and as you do, intercede on behalf of of me and my fellow ministers, he says. Brothers and sisters, our prayer of petition should be swept up with our prayer of gratitude. Huh? Now, staying with this all-important passage from Hebrews chapter 13, verses 15 to 19, uh, the chief expression of this continual offering up sacrifices of praise, as it is said in Hebrews 13, 15, is what but the Eucharist, right? The gift of the Eucharist is the prayer of giving thanks. The the Eucharisteros in the Greek, right, literally translates as to give thanks or giving thanks. The root there, by the way, charis, is grace. So this thank-filled prayer is a grace-filled prayer. And so it is, we are made to see, my friends, that the Eucharist is the boundless intercessory prayer of thanksgiving to God. And as such, we ought to envision uh, the great power in placing our petition on the altar as our thank offering to God. Specifically, my friends, the importance of praying our petition into the prayer of epiclesis. What? What did you just say? (laughs) The prayer of epiclesis. The prayer of epiclesis is that prayer during the Eucharistic rite which is the prayer of invocation of the Holy Spirit upon the bread and wine in the Eucharistic prayer, okay? So the prayer of Epiclesis is that prayer of invocation of the Holy Spirit upon the bread and wine. There are excessive graces to be had for the person or circumstance we are praying for when we pray that name or circumstance into that moment. As the Holy Spirit transforms the bread and wine on the altar to the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ, yes, we ought to pray the Holy Spirit also transform the person or situation that we have placed 
on the altar as our own thank offering. Jesus is the offering, and when we throw that petition into that offering, that petition is transformed, huh? What's more, when this thank offering is accompanied with your personal sacrifice, i.e. fasting, as we talked about last week, then the offering is accompanied with the kindling necessary to catch fire, right? What's going on there? Well, maybe we can think of it this way. The altar is the fireplace. The petition is the paper. Our fasting is the kindling, and the Holy Spirit is the spark that lights the offering. Amen? Amen. Okay. All right, what else can we say about offering? Well, where else do we offer in the Mass but the prayers of the faithful, right? As stated by the general instruction for the Roman Missal, right, the how to celebrate Mass, we read that the prayers of the faithful are the people responding in a certain way to the Word of God, which they have welcomed in faith and exercised in the office of their baptismal priesthood, offer prayers to God for the salvation of all. So what's going on there? What's that point all about from the germ? Well, our offering is an exercise of our baptismal priesthood, otherwise known as our common priesthood whereby we share in the dying and rising of Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, in our baptism, there has been conferred upon us, within us, a power, a power to share. We talked about this some months ago, right? The power to share in the dying and rising of Jesus Christ. Once again, the spiritual physics of the cross are at play, at the center of our offering. On one level, as a community, yeah, we pray for the needs of the church, for public authorities and the salvation of the whole world, for those burdened by any kind of difficulty for the local community. As individuals, we specifically pray for the people and circumstances we have been asked to pray for, we have been asked to pray for, and we do so at the prayers of the faithful and at the prayer of Epiclesis. Okay, um, up to this point, uh, from last week to this week, I have used the word offering quite a bit. And, you know, growing up, I heard the phrase, just offer it up a lot. So much so that I grew to dislike the phrase. Consequently, if I'm going to be honest with you, disliking the whole idea of offering and even going so far as to despise it. You know, I heard the phrase while amid some trial or tribulation. You can well imagine the last thing I wanted to hear is probably the last thing you would want to hear is during your excruciation, as it was for me during my excruciation, was those words offered up. And yet this is what I heard. And over time, when I let go of that dislike, I started to do my homework. Why do people say this? Because people that I respect would say this to me. And so as I was doing my homework, I found those passages that speak to a redemptive suffering and our call to offer our lives as a sacrifice of praise. The passage that I just read for you, yes, in Hebrews 13, 15, but also Colossians 1, 24, that we are called to make up what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ for the sake of the church. Nothing is lacking in the suffering of Christ insofar as what he accomplished for the redemption of man but what Paul is talking about in Colossians 1.24 there is simply how we are called to share in that mission as we share in the one mediation of Christ. We have that 
passage from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 2, how our lives are to be a holy and acceptable offering to God, our spiritual worship. We touched upon those, I think, last week and the week before. So as I was coming across these verses, Hebrews 13, 15, Colossians 1, 24, and Romans 12, verses 1 to 2, I quickly came to realize that, well, something is right about that phrase, offer it up. What's more, as I was looking at these verses, I had begun to hear Christ from the cross say to me, yes, Joe, offer it up. You see, my friends, it was not chance, nothing ever is, that the words offer it up were being echoed in my ears during my excruciation. For excruciation and offering belong together. Uh, the word excruciating comes from the Latin excruces, which literally translates as what? But from the cross. From the cross, as Christ offers his bloodied body as a ransom for our sins, he says to you, he says to me, offer it up. Not as an imposition per se, but an invitation to share in the great mysterious power of sharing in his one mediation. You see? So offering is something very important for us. Now, what's more, uh, the author to the letter to the Hebrews says our prayer of thanksgiving, our prayer of praise is to be unceasing, which implies what? But that our song unto the Lord just does not end with the liturgy, but rather becomes a way of life. This is, after all, what we talked about in our opening on the nature of prayer, right, as perpetual courtship with God. Perpetual courtship with God, my friends, is incessant praise. Incessant praise really is a way of entering into perpetual courtship with God. St. Augustine once said that to sing is to pray twice. Why? Because as you utter those words physically with your mouth and lips, your body prays. But the prayer comes from somewhere, right? The soul. When the soul lifts its heart in prayer, it does so in song. All throughout the Psalms, what do you find? But people praying and at once singing. Incidentally, my friends, what were the Psalms? But liturgical hymns. There is a reason why we should be singing during Mass, why we should be singing during the celebration of the Eucharist. Because this is how you pray the Mass. This is how you pray the liturgy, in song. The Psalms are hymns. And so we pray with our whole anthropology, just not body, but body and soul, right? Because anthropology should never be reduced to just Cro-Magnon man or, or Neanderthal man. No, <laughs> anthropology, in spite of what some, some universities would suggest, is just not the study of the history of man, but really the study of body and soul. We are not human doings, but human beings. And in our anthropology, we are praying at our finest, just not during the Mass, but also as we sing the Mass. Understood? Okay, I'm looking up at the clock and we are out of time. We really, I think, just got started with this um, intercessory key. I have so much more to share as we begin to look at how this looks in our everyday rhythm and tenor of life, this praying with gratitude and how this enables our intercessory prayer to be um, so much more, uh, just not for our own relationship with God, but for other. 
All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen, and God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 5.30 here on KKXX. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.